0: to episode 52 of the Structure and Interpretation of Computer Programmers podcast, helping programmers to become software engineers. The topic for this episode is software freedom and the fact that software freedom is a free speech issue. And this is an important issue uh, because it has important consequences. So when I say that uh, software freedom is a free speech issue. What I really mean is that it is a civil liberties issue, that the uh, freedom of software is a an important enabling factor in a free society. Uh, Significant amounts of life are now mediated via computers and via networks. And uh, that is, of course, uh, to different degrees in different parts of society. And the accessibility to those computers and networks is also um, different in degree in different areas of society. So there are going to be uh, people around, uh, So you know, consider that an extreme, say the uncontacted tribes of uh, Brazil, there will be um, aspects of their lives that are actually ruled by computers, um, but that they have completely no access to and no control over and no visibility on. Um, and then uh, you know, as you go through uh, like different parts of society, um, like different people will have different levels of control and access and um, visibility into the way that software engages with, mediates and controls their society. You can use the phrase, uh, software is eating the world, if you want. I will put a link to Mark Andreessen's article in the show notes because uh, you know one of my things is not using aphorisms without understanding their context. And uh, software is eating the world comes from a very particular point in history. It comes from a point where the, uh, people were not yet... That excited about um, paying for uh, software technology and you know stocks in software companies and um, like shares in uh, early stage software companies and yet the software aspect of many um, traditional businesses and markets was becoming more important than the you know, bricks and mortar or the real world. Um, experience. So it was written at a time when uh, Borders had recently gone out of business, um, having given the e-book part of their uh, of their book selling business to Amazon, effectively um, like ruling themselves out of the online book market. Anyway, uh, software freedom is about the ways in which software plays an important part in civil society and about giving people effectively the freedom to participate in that civil society on a level playing field, about giving them a democratic voice in that online software mediated society. Software freedom is not about reducing costs for wealthy programmers, which is what a lot of open source Uh, discourse is about or about increasing the visibility of technology companies among their software adept potential employees or tastemakers or influencers uh, which is also a thing that has overtaken a lot of the discourse about freedom in the open source world it's about giving society and all of the members of that society the freedom to understand criticize and improve the ways in which their lives interact with software. It's about fairness, it's about liberty, and it's about democracy. Okay, so like at the moment we understand that there isn't sufficient um, like education and access to education and access to resources about um, software and the way it works for every member of that society to be able to engage with... Um, a critique or criticism of the way in which software affects their day-to-day lives. But that's true of a lot of other intellectual domains that have significant impact on society as well. Consider the legal domain. We don't say that we don't need to publish our law books because only lawyers can understand them. We say that we do need to publish our law books. We do need our governments to publish our statutes, so that there aren't secret court systems, so that um, we can understand the laws which we are supposed to abide by, even if we need to engage the help of an expert, to engage the help of a lawyer, or a solicitor, or a barrister, or a paralegal, in order to interpret those laws for me, and interpret how they um, affect my situation or how they affect me, given my circumstances, or to make sure that what I am doing is correctly following those laws. We still say that if we didn't have uh, publicly published statute books, whether or not we believe that I understand them without expert help, um, we would live in a a non-free society. We would live in a non-liberal society. We would live in a society that has kangaroo courts, or show trials, or secret trials, or various undemocratic um, properties. The same is true of software-mediated societies, where we do not have the freedom or to engage with the software that runs those societies, whether it's owned uh, or controlled by the state or by businesses. That's an undemocratic society. It's an unfair society. It's an illiberal, an illiberal society. Let's so use the example of um, Karen Sandler, who is uh, a lawyer and is the um, executive director of the Software Freedom uh, Conservancy. Now, Karen Sandler, has a pacemaker or um, an implant defibrillator uh, pacemaker and has done for a very long time for uh, a significant uh, majority of her adult life. And she has never been able to get the source code for those pacemakers um, or for any of the pacemakers on the market, even though they are things that are necessary for her health and are embedded in her body and are you know a part of her identity and a part of her um you know her sort of physical self so she is effectively controlled and is handing like safety critical life function over to a proprietary company and to the software that it makes and refuses to share with her. Now, that software could uh, have bugs or backdoors in that enable uh, people to take control of, essentially, her heart function. This is not like some kind of um, you know, science fiction uh, issue. This is something that has gen- genuinely happened. Like, pacemakers can be hacked. And have been hacked. And the fact that she cannot audit the software and does not understand how it works means that she cannot use any of um, the resources at her control to mitigate those risks. She essentially has to completely trust in this external organization that is not trustworthy because it refuses to give her any information about. Um about its processes and about how its products work, so that is you know one particular example of how software freedom impacts on the freedom of society and the liberties of individuals within that uh, society. but the software freedoms themselves are very general and apply to. All branches of society, all walks of life, and to all of the people within a software mediated society. Those uh, four essential freedoms for software are uh, part of the GNU philosophy. They are you know, part of the uh, free software definition, if you like. Um, and the first one, uh, called Freedom Zero, is the freedom to run the program as you wish for any purpose, i.e., if I cannot, like you know, run the software e- to, to my own ends. Then I do not have freedom as uh, as regards that software. That might be the freedom, as in the case of the pacemaker, to run it in a test harness and you know check whether it's like vulnerable and check whether it like works according to uh, its specification and my requirements. Just like the ability to evaluate software is. A subset of the ability to run it for any purpose. Now, this is the uh, point on which a lot of uh, like people, and you know, I don't think that this is necessarily like you know, malicious or like you know, willfully um, disrupting the idea of software freedom. I think that, that you know, there's a lot of like well-meaning uh, intention here. but people say, I do not want anybody to be able to use the software because that means that like my enemies can't use the software that can use the software uh you know i don't want um like people in uh countries that i disagree with politically to be able to use the software well even if like the people are in countries that you disagree with politically you don't necessarily uh you know disagree with the right of the those people you know those <clears throat> um individuals to go about their lives uh peacefully and indeed like you have political enemies in the country that you do um you know live in and the countries that you are uh, willing to uh, deploy your software into. Um there is a an extent to which you have to if you like believe in a freedom such as you know freedom of uh, speech or like you know freedom of democratic process, you have to Enable that speech to be made by people you disagree with, and you have to en- enable participation in that democratic process by people that you would never choose to vote for because you find their policies abhorrent. The idea being, you know, uh, in software, Linus's law: many eyes make bugs shallow, which is not by Linus Torvalds at all; it's by Eric S. Raymond. Um, and the idea in uh like democratic society that um you know that that sunshine uh uncovers like you know sort of destroys the darkness um and that actually giving these um the the these political views a platform gives people enough information about them to choose not to uh, vote for them um th- that you have to accept that your position is a minority position like you know every everybody's totality of like beliefs and opinions is a minority of one and the way that society works is by uh like aggregating these um positions and the majority wins and the minority gets heard and that it, when that is functioning well the concerns of the minority feed into and adjust the um, actions of the majority. For all of that to work, you have to allow positions other than your own to be aired, to be debated, to be discussed, to be agreed with, to be disagreed with. Um, And that means, in the context of software, that you have to allow people to use the software even when you don't like uh, what they might be doing with it. So the next freedom is freedom. One, the freedom to study how the program works and to change it so it does your computing as you wish. This is basically uh, say, you know, this is the right to improve society, right? This is the, the right to say, no, that doesn't work for me. Um, I would like it to work this way, to uh, fork things and to change it. The, uh, the ability to... Um, you know, using the uh, democratic analogy and taking that further, the uh, right to stand on a particular platform and to say, I don't like the way that this works. I would like the ability to change these laws. Well, in a software-mediated society, the laws are the software, and so it's the right to change the software um, and to understand how the software works so that you can make that change. Then there is a the freedom to redistribute copies so you can help others. Uh, this is because uh, you know, software runs on computers and so everybody else needs to be able to run the improved version, or you know, run the changed version, run the original version on their computer. And then um, finally Freedom 3 makes that um, more explicit by saying the freedom to distribute copies of your modified versions to others. By doing this you can give the whole community a chance to benefit from your changes. So those are the four freedoms, and we often um, summarise those as use, study, share, and improve. And these being important civil uh, important civil liberties in an online mediated society, whether that's through commerce and the world of work and business and um, consumption, or whether it's through um, like government and uh, the way in which. Like your uh, society is governed and run, um, and the ways in which your law is implemented, those are important aspects to having a um, a a society in which the people have the ability to critique how their society is run, how their workplace is run, how their like um, you know their their recreation is uh is run, and the ability to understand that and to understand when it is not optimal, and the ability to make changes and to improve it for themselves and for others, these being civil liberties issues these being freedoms to understand, control, and improve society uh, that should be given to everyone and not be. Restricted to a few, uh, you know, the word oligarch is currently uh, popular, um, to a a small cadre of, uh, like, social controllers or leaders or, um, uh, you know, dictators who give the, who who keep the freedoms for themselves and who apportion their benefits to others as they see fit at, at their own will has been backgrounded, which is unfortunate. You have to take those freedoms as the basis for everything else that happens. You know, so uh, like open source is about giving those freedoms out. Free software is about giving those freedoms out. If you make open source about the ability to, to sustain a business while also publishing some source code to GitHub, then you have a much weaker position philosophically, a much weaker position uh, in terms of what you are offering to society and a position in which it is much easier to find hypocrisy and to uh, weaken the overall argument because not only is uh, what you are trying to get out of it and what you're trying to give to everybody else out of it weaker but you are like acting you know purely in your own interests you're not acting in the interests of society so again this points to making the ideas of free software or open source if you want to call it that about these freedoms and then um like accepting the consequences of that because the the uh, Benefit to everybody of engaging in a free society that is mediated by computers is much better than the consequence of engaging in a non-free computer-mediated society, even if it means that some business models might have to be adapted and that you might have to uh, apply for a job somewhere else, or you might have to like change the way in which your work is monetized, and you find uh in the political domain you find um like political organizations who are mature enough and capable enough of understanding how civil liberties work to make those kinds of judgments. For example you hear from um like uh from political parties who say we would come out worse in the short term if the UK was to move from a first-past-the-post democracy to a proportional democracy. But because a proportional democracy is more democratic and more representative, we will still campaign for it. We will campaign for coming out worse in elections because we know that the society we end up with will be a better one. This is how free software should work: you should be campaigning for the four freedoms because software will be better. Because society will be better with those four freedoms, even if you know some like very high-paid programmers may need to take a salary cut, or may just need to uh, reorganise the um, business model of their employers in order to carry on making the same salary. I mean, don't forget uh, that one of the biggest uh, companies in in software uh, is um, Red Hat. Which is a multi tens of billions of dollars subsidiary of IBM and got that big purely off free software. And that all of the trillion dollar companies, all of the, um, you know, Metas and Googles and Apples and so on, all use free software. There really isn't a financial penalty because the freedom to use the software for any purpose, freedom zero, includes the freedom to run a business. It includes for profit activities they are not precluded by free software if we're willing to compromise on this if we're willing to say okay well free software yes i understand that but can i carve this bit out for my own purpose you know can i uh, restrict competitors while still having free software can i uh, not allow this use that i don't like but otherwise have free software We weaken the argument for free software. We weaken the argument for open source. We risk other compromises. We risk saying, okay, well, that um, use is kind of similar to this other use. So we risk those sorts of slippery slopes. And we also risk undermining our own principles because it is easy to detect the hypocrisy. If I say, yes, free software, but not in this case because... I disagree with the politics of that person, then it is very easy to say, okay, you're only out for your own interests. You're not uh, interested in maintaining the liberties of a civil society. You're not interested in the rights of the people who live in a software mediated society. You have to defend the freedoms for everyone, and then you uh use that as your principled base and you use that as evidence of the principles that form that base which then gives you the uh the um the like political currency if you like the clout the authority to start critiquing other things not then removing those freedoms in those other domains, but in saying do not engage in those other domains uh, which are not like, amenable to a free society. And like, here is the evidence, I believe, in a free society. You know, my um, example here, which is one that I've heard uh, Bradley uh, Kuhn from the Software Freedom Conservancy use before, is the uh, American Civil Liberties Union. The American Civil Liberties Union is, you know, is a civil rights uh, campaign group, um, and it defends the freedom of speech. And so, it has defended organizations like the National Rifle Association, the Ku Klux Klan. Uh, it has defended their right to speak, not their right to, um, like, hate speech. Uh, Not the right to incite violence, but certainly the right to speech and the the right to uh, present their platform. Now, why is that? It's because the freedom of speech is an important aspect of civil society. And if you want to be seen as a principled actor within that society, then you have to defend those principles, no matter who. Is requesting them. You have to defend those freedoms, no matter who is benefiting from them. And then, with that um, authority and with that uh, respect that is granted by being that principled actor, you can then say, "But I do not agree with this platform. I agree with the uh, with the fact that they have a platform, but I do not agree with." the ideas that are presented uh, in it. And there are a few examples uh, of symptoms in the free software movement that come from this uh, sort of unprincipled position and from uh, losing the connection between free software and between the freedoms that are implied in the idea of free software. And I think the first is that we really have a sort of two-tier computariat now Um, Open source is really of benefit to those who can make use of source code, i.e. to um, programmers and to software organizations. And so um, a lot of companies now, particularly uh, what the companies that call themselves software as a service companies uh, and uh, the Free Software Foundation would call uh, services as a software substitute companies, are taking free software components free of charge that they have the freedom to use for any purpose then running them on their own computer or rather on um like one of the big fours uh, computers in the cloud and then uh, selling other people access to that software running on their computer because where they don't distribute the software they don't have to um like comply with the terms of the copyright license and they don't have to give those freedoms to everybody else. So we have a two-tier society where you know a small number of businesses uh, get all of the benefits of software freedom and then um, do not pass those on to their customers who do not then get the benefits and do not get to uh, enjoy or share in those freedoms. Another one is the freedom except where it stops from making money. So we have things like the server-side public license, and we have the uh, Commons Clause, where companies say uh, everybody gets access to uh, this software under this license, which has the four freedoms, except if you are making a -a software-as-a-service or a -a service-as-a-software-substitute product, in which case you do not get these freedoms because I want the exclusive right to make that money by renting this uh, access to this software. Um, and again, this is a, um, a very uh, hypocritical uh, stance to take. Luckily, the courts are now siding with this. There has been a case that was um, in the news yesterday um, about a court saying that a company could not describe the um, Enterprise Edition Neo4j or rather their clone of it, which was uh, AGPL-3 with the Commons Clause exception, Um, they could not describe that as open source because it wasn't uh, an open source license because the uh, Commons Clause uh, removes the uh, the four freedoms. Now, this is a surprising turn of events, frankly, um, from the courts to recognize open source as a term of art in the software world, despite the fact that it doesn't have any, uh, you know, trademark, it isn't really stewarded by the open source initiative um, because they don't have any exclusive rights to the term. There isn't a professional body saying what is or isn't open source. Nonetheless, it has been recognised as a term of art in this court case. This is a surprising news, but it is uh, good news. It means that you only get to use these um, terms. We only get to say that something is open source when you are actually abiding by the open source definition, by what people understand open source to be, and therefore when you are actually communicating the four freedoms. Because don't forget, the open source definition is just a lightly reworded version of the Debian free software guidelines, and it encapsulates the four freedoms. So open source is free software uh, in terms of like you know pure definition, whether or not in terms of uh, intent and incentive, and uh, another symptom is the uh, attempts to undermine software freedom in order to support uh, other social causes. Now, I have no problem with uh, supporting other social causes. What I'm saying is that uh, you know, if you believe in open source, if you believe in free software, that is a freedom, that is a um, a right that everybody in society should get and then on that platform on that basis you are then able to stand for or against other issues and other um you know, stand up against other injustices or stand up for other justices so by all means do not work for um, bad actors for people that you disagree with for people whose position you find abhorrent refuse to accept their patches in your project. Don't allow them into the discussion spaces for your project. Make it harder for them by making them maintain their own uh, forks and by not giving them uh, positions on the steering committees and all that kind of stuff. But removing freedom does not lead to a free society. And so removing freedom from people you don't like because you don't like them increases the intolerance of society. You know, there is this paradox of tolerance. The only thing that you that a tolerant society cannot tolerate is intolerance. And by saying open source but not for these endeavours, you are being intolerant. You are causing an intolerant society to exist. Do not take away the four freedoms from people that you disagree with. For example, the JSON license, which uh, says the software can only be used for good and not for evil. What does that even mean? Um, Or like you know, more well-meaning and more well-thought-out examples, but that nonetheless get into trouble. Uh, So, for example, the Hippocratic license, which prima facie seems to be quite a um, a well-designed license to um, support the United Nations like Declaration of Liberties or Declaration of Rights. Uh, By enshrining it into a copyright license, but one of those rights is the um, the the freedom to own private property and to not have that uh, like forcibly removed or stolen. So this license says that you cannot um, that the licensee cannot engage in denying people access to their own property, and that the license will be terminated if it does. Now let's say. That you take a principled position on the Russian invasion of Ukraine. And that p- principled position is that it is correct for uh, sanctions to be levied against the Russian government and against the um, oligarchs who financially support the Russian government. I don't think oligarch is the right word to use in that context, but it is the popular word. I will carry on. That means that you agree with the removal of the private property. Of those Russian oligarchs, right? And the Hippocratic license says that you do not agree with the um, you know, with getting in the way of people uh, enjoying privately their own property. This is a hip- this is a hypocritical position to take. And also, there's been discussions on the Free Software Foundation Europe mainly less recently of um, a cryptocurrency sanctions bill. Now. Yeah, whatever your opinion on uh, on cryptocurrency, and I certainly think that proof of state currency um, m- does significant damage, uh, like ecologically in terms of its power use, and also uh, economically in terms of the way that the uh, miners take advantage of um, uh, financial subsidies uh, designed to encourage. Technological investment in developing nations by giving um, reductions on power bills, and they take advantage of that to uh, get basically free electricity or cheap electricity for running the the crypto miners. Like I certainly believe that that is a bad thing, but I do not believe that the four freedoms should be removed from uh, cryptocurrency, or that the Free Software Foundation of Europe or other organisations should not stand up for the right of cryptocurrency miners to use the software for any purpose to share, study, or improve the software because those are civil liberties. Those are things that everyone should benefit from because they are fundamental freedoms in a software-mediated society. And then on top of that, we can have the discussion about what are appropriate or inappropriate uses of the technology and whether those should be supported or not within a free and civil society. Now, it's common for people who are like engaging with um, understanding these uh, symptoms to say, "Oh, yes, well, this is uh, you know ob- obvious uh, that like these organi- organizations have failed. Whoever it is, the Free Software Foundation, the Free Software Foundation of Europe, the OSI, the Software Freedom Conservancy, the Software Freedom Law Center." Uh, the The community, whoever it is uh, they are they, they have failed because they are fighting yesterday's battles or because they didn't account for this thing um or because a person whose views I don't like is a senior member of one of these organizations or because they don't do enough and you know yes, it is clear that well it, it isn't necessarily clear that they have lost, but it's certainly clear that they have not yet won um in getting people these important freedoms that they are fighting for. And they, you, know, in hindsight, you can say they missed this point. you can say that they didn't address this thing, um, but that's insufficient. We need a plan going forward, and that, those plans definitely should include those things that have hitherto been uh, not important enough or have been uh, marginalized or have been ignored by these uh, organizations. Now clearly, part of that plan has to be increased awareness of the civil liberties aspects of these four freedoms and of the four freedoms of themselves and of the fact that ideas like open source software are predicated on these freedoms, not only within the, te- the technological um, like culture and community, where certainly they, uh, th- uh, this connection has been lost, but also within wider cultural circles, within political organisations. You know, the only political organisation I can think of that actually has a view on software freedom is the pirate party. There may well be others. Um, but like you know why don't uh, other workers parties have a say on how software is used in the workplace, on how like AI is replacing human management or human labor relations? Um, why aren't people talking about uh, the way that like GPG3 and GitHub copilot and so on? Are um, impacting the creative sector, like, th- th- so there needs to be an awareness both inside and outside the technological uh, community. But also, and this is a part that is going to require specialist um, assistance. Free software and the software freedom fight has so far been mostly about copyright licenses, and that is clearly not sufficient. That you know, this is why. Things like services as a software substitute um, has been able to work around the uh, copyleft licenses. It's why they don't have um, a position, these organizations, by and large, on software patents, other than don't engage with software patents. We need to engage with software patents seriously. I don't know what that looks like because I'm not uh, an expert at uh, patents or at software patents. You know, I might imagine something like a a cross-licensing agreement where you say uh, this invention is covered by these patents and um, is embodied in this software which is covered by this license, this copyright license. And uh, accepting the terms of the copyright license means using the patent license in this particular way. And accepting the patent license and using the patent involves um, or requires accepting the copyright license and using the copyrighted um, creative work in this particular way and sort you know coupling the two together i don't know that's that that is uh, the way that i would um approach dealing with this we also need to deal with uh, rights of repair and how software freedom has impact on the uh, longevity and utility of my you know, uh, of my real like objects and and computing devices and on how useful they are to me. Um, By computing devices, I, of course, include motor vehicles, um, uh, domestic appliances, uh, workplace machinery, and so on. And we need uh, for this discussion to include things like AI-mediated society, um, software-mediated society, software in the workforce, software in the cultural spheres um we need to include uh business models like ebook sales like uh software as a service um you know uh, computer rentals through like uh cloud streaming games or uh infrastructure as a service platforms and so on all of these need to be part of an ongoing conversation an ongoing uh political discussion, political fight, and an ongoing plan for the software freedom community. And I want to be a part of this, and I want you to be a part of this. I want to discuss this, and I want to discuss it the way that you can do so is by sending me an email, grahamlee at acm.org. You can find me on Twitter, IwasLeeG, I-W-A-S-L-E-E-G. You can find me in the Free Software Foundation as well, where my username is LeeG. L-double-E-G. Thank you very much for listening. I will talk to you again soon.